Hello, uh, welcome back to Football Battle TMB tonight with myself, Brenton, and cousin Mud, Jonathan. Evening, how are you, sir, on this fine Thursday evening? Hola, I'm. I'm just reveling in the joy of how much of a fantastic footballer Bernardo Silva is. I mean, great player. Definitely deserves a Ballon d'Or, I think. Do you know what? I, I, I was just doing the same myself. Um, to, I mean, definitely from those two games during the week, he was probably a standout player of um, of all the four teams. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a fantastic player. Um, you know what? It, it's looking. It, it does look likely that Man City will play Liverpool in the Champions League final, and um, I don't know. Like I, I know, I know. Obviously, in the build-up to it, Phil will probably be fine. But I imagine on the day of the final, he will not be seen until after the game. <laughs> Even yeah. if it goes in Liverpool's yeah. way, we may never see him again. His head is going to fall off, like um, especially is. It's the last one, is it? It's the last game that's, that's played every season, isn't it? It is now, yeah. I think so. I know the FA Cup final used to be, like this is going back years, used to be maybe one of the last games of the season, but now the Champions League is obviously after it. So, yeah, yeah it'll be... What, well, we may as well um, we'll touch on <clears throat> probably tonight a bit of... Um, Arsenal's resurgence um, since the last time you and I spoke anyway on the pod. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously Rudiger is announced, well, he hasn't announced it himself, but it has been announced that he's leaving Chelsea at the end of the season, along with Christensen and, and what Chelsea are going to do about that. Um, and we'll chat about the weekend's results um, in the Premier League, um, but we'll get into uh, the Champions League and just go by order of when they were played. I think it's fair to say one was a lot more exciting than the other. Um, what a game that was on Tuesday night. I listened to it on the radio, actually. Um, I took myself for a dander and stuck my AirPods in and listened to it. Uh, was Sometimes really better. Yeah, I was really annoyed after like 15 minutes. Like, but <laughs> I was like, for fuck's sake. Can't believe Man City are winning already. Like, it's crazy. Um <clears throat> But yeah, like it was a great game, it was great commentary. Like Benzema is just he's just a freak, an absolute freak of nature. Like, I mean, what's that forty goals this season for Real Madrid? Absolutely insane. Like yeah. for a guy that is not like your Messi or Ronaldo, like he's I, I've seen a, I've seen a few people kind of reflect on it this week. You know, what the what if if Arsenal actually had signed Karen Benzema, I think it was going back years ago now we were linked heavily with him but it never came through like imagine imagine what would happen so probably the same sort of outcome for arsenal as it is today like but great player like you know i, I wouldn't say that tie is over to be honest like i know we are joking saying it'll be city and liverpool in the final but real madrid have shown there this year that they can just come back against anybody like so i'm kind of hoping they do come back because you know, I don't really want uh, City or Liverpool in the Champions League, to be quite honest. Like, you know, I'd be happier with a, a Spanish team winning. Yeah, I think similar. Like, you want, like, same with myself. If any other English team is in it, you want them out of it as soon as possible. Or if they're in the final, you want the other team to win. Like, obviously, last year uh, wasn't so the... painful. Was yeah, so painful the... for me. A great case scenario <laughs> for a lot of fans, I would say. Um, but. I'd like to think the lesser of two evils came out on top in that stage. Like, um, but yeah, I, I, you're so right about Real Madrid. Like, <clears throat> you can't like even when they went down two 0 so early, as you say, like after 15 minutes or so, um, you, you don't write them off because of the quality they have. Uh, the obviously they're both both sides actually on Tuesday night. Their weak points were were defensively. Um, City looked like I don't know if you've seen the goals or uh, highlights even afterwards, but um, even Anderson at times um, looked dodgy playing it out from the back, and um, Stones obviously started at right back, which didn't work. Um, mm-hmm. And then when when he got injured, Fernandinho came in there, and that's where um, Madrid's second or third goal came from. Um, second, just, yeah. um, Vinicius just did him. Um, and did him. If you look Glass. at yeah, 
if you look at the alternative, what that would have been, like that would have been Kyle Walker. There's no way he would have ran away from from Kyle Walker. Mm-hmm. Like so, um, and same with with Madrid, like mistakes at the back, um, and it always because basically, I've recently watched them against Chelsea, like. Chelsea, I don't know if you remember that that second leg. Like they could have scored five or six that that yeah, night as well. Like, and yeah, Madrid do have that in them, but they also have like if you have Modric. I know we're talk- all talking about Benzema and Vinicius. I thought was good, but could could be better um, if they all turn up on on the night. Um, phew, that that tie is definitely definitely not over. Um, no, I, I heard. Um, I was listening to the radio prior to the game as well, and uh, I can't remember who was reporting prior to the game, but it was actually quite an interesting fact throughout that Real Madrid have won the European Cup more times than Man City have been in the competition. Which is, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely wild when you think about it. Like, but they're they're going for number fourteen this year, and. <clears throat> Like, I think kind of from a neutral perspective, I think the Liverpool Man City final would be more interesting. Um, especially if Liverpool are going for that quadruple, or mm-hmm. you know, Man City potentially are going for for a double. Like, you know, it's. I just I don't know how. Well, I'll just say more about the Liverpool fans fan base because I think you know they're a massive club, they have a massive following, and I just have literally no respect whatsoever for Man City. Um, so I imagine their fans on the day will just be an absolute wreck. Like, I don't really know what way I kind of describe their rivalry. Like, it's not like Liverpool United or Arsenal Spurs or Arsenal Chelsea or whatever. Like, it's like uh-huh. it's a very strange rivalry. I think you know. Obviously, there is the Manchester Liverpool thing, but do you think they hate each other? Their... The players really don't. That. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, there doesn't seem to be that. Like I think it was Keown was maybe on um, commentary for one of the Liverpool Man City games recently. Um, and, help the listeners. Oh, tell me about it. Um, <laughs> he was saying he, he's my worst, like if, worst commentator out there. Honestly, if, if you hear Keown like on a second commentary, <laughs> oh, oh, he is just torture. Like, um, or maybe he was in the studio. I can't remember what it was, but he was talking about like the. I tell you what it was the United Arsenal game um on at lunchtime. Um and they were talking about like the rivalries of old. Um mm-hmm. obviously the the Keown Van Nistelrooy and um King Vieira, etc. Mm-hmm. Um there's none of that like in, in no. this Liverpool Man City. They're just both really good at football, like, you know what I mean? I, I, and I don't know if uh-huh. they annoy me how the like respect each other so much like do you remember after Aye. it was the FA Cup game or the league game or something they were Klopp and Guardiola were basically commenting each other on how great their squads are and I'm like boys catch a grip and fucking lay the head in each other like like yeah cut that shade out like people people love rivalries they love that whole you know shit between the monitors like Fergie and Wenger Wenger getting sent mm-hmm. to the stands like that's that's such a famous you know picture now of Wenger just standing with the arms out that old Trafford and all the fans behind them like even Wenger and Mourinho, like you know, fuck they oh, each was... other. Yeah, it's yeah, just fucking hate each other. Like, maybe maybe Phil has a, a different view on it. He probably doesn't mind it, but it just kind of sickens me a bit. Like I would, I would wish more that they would kind of hate each other. And well, to be fair, like I suppose that was it. The FA Cup game. There was a few tackles flying in, like um, and you know, Phil Foden was just absolutely. You know, roasted in that game. I thought he really was just marked out of the game. Um, but yeah, like I, yeah, I get what you mean. Like it really, it really isn't like rivalries of old. Like you know, you wouldn't see, like I, sp- I suppose even today, like you wouldn't see Harry Kane coming out and saying something positive about Arsenal, or you know, mm. Granit Xhaka coming out and saying something positive about Jorginho or whatever. Like you know, it's yeah, it. I don't know. It's like in terms of football, like. The games are the football's fantastic. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying anything bad about it. Like, I mean, they are fantastic games to watch. But yeah. in terms of like that rivalry, you're not getting that whole 
you know, Celtic Rangers feel, Arsenal United from the noughties or the nineties, like, you know, you yeah. know, even United and Chelsea there, like when Mourinho first came, like, you know, flip <clears> me, they were head to head for the title for a couple of years, like so Yeah. I, I think I, that's no, like think the only is. thing missing. Yeah, it's the as you were saying, on the say when I I always find that there's some games that you want to say how the coverage starts uh, an hour before kickoff or an hour and a half before kickoff if it's a Champions League game or something. Mm-hmm. There's there's some parts of it you you want to tune in for the for the build up and for like the interviews and maybe he'll say something about him or the manager will say something about how Pep runs his team, whatever, whatever. There was definitely there's none of that. So it's I'm not saying it's difficult for them to build up a game, but do you know what I'm I'm getting that. Like I would for a Liverpool Man City game, I'd be happy to turn it on a kickoff. Mm. You know, and, and just the ninety minutes like, and, and I'm happy. Yeah, no, no. I total I get what you mean. Like it, it really makes me think about if you remember years ago, Mourinho said before the Arsenal game, Henri doesn't score against the big teams. And then Henri <laughs> goes out and within sixty seconds, bang, puts one pass pattern check. And then he scored he actually should have scored a hat trick that day, but he we ended up drawing two each at Highbury or something. And yeah. like that's the sort of shit like you know just the real shit house really like, and like I, I when you said about do you think the fans hate each other and stuff like that there like you can see that that like even phil like can't stand phil Foden, bernardo silva yeah. we know we can't stand uh there's probably others like i can't stand half the man city team i like i obviously admire and i like kevin de bruyne because he's a fantastic player like yeah he hate kyle walker can't have him phil Foden can't stand him fernandinho Fernandinho, yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a real random one. What, why do you, know why? Why do you not he, like Fernandinho? He, he gets away with so many challenges. Have you not realized this about him? Like, he the whole thing with Fernandinho is he will hack players down and go straight away to pick them up, and it works. He doesn't get yellow yards for it. Like, like mm. and there's other players who've started doing it, and he started it. And, um, it must have been a particular game against Chelsea. I remember he, he did it so many times, and it took him like ten or twelve files to get a booking. Um, but if you watch him, he does it like, and he's so obviously it's it's a good thing for his own team, like. But um, no, I, I never liked him after that. Like, I think Phil knows that one. Like, he he's picked up on that. Like, <laughs> there there are certain players like like uh, Mo Mope, is that how you pronounce his name from Brighton? I can't mm. stand that little prick. Uh, yeah, there are but he is hateful. Ah, there's just players from teams you just you just can't have, um. But I suppose like I didn't see any of Liverpool's game last night. Uh, to be quite honest, when I thought Liverpool win the game, but I thought they might have only won it maybe like one nil or something. You know, the fact they won two nil and that tie. Well, to say the tie isn't over. I mean, Liverpool are that Liverpool team are one of the best probably ever. You know, they're they're fantastic. Um. Klopp has them well drilled and I'm sure you've probably seen the shitstorm at the moment on Twitter about Jason Cundy's comments about Villarreal saying that they're yeah. disgraced like I mean everyone's had their say on it like so you know there's no point us talking too much about it like but I mean there's been many points today about Villarreal about why they're not at it. like I mean they won the Europa League last year they beat United and Arsenal in the Europa League last year they beat Juventus, Bayern Munich this year to get to the semi-final. Like, you don't get to a semi-final of Champions League if you're not a half-decent team. You know, they're a half-decent team. They're a good coach as well, even though it didn't work out for him at Arsenal. Like, you know, he's which proven, happens. Yeah, which happens. Like, he's proven at other clubs that he's he's a great coach. So, um, I, I don't really understand those comments. I don't really want to give the guy too much time either to talk about him. But um, did you watch the game? Like, how did it go? Where were Liverpool in control or what actually went on with Villarreal? Because I just think, I thought maybe they would have got a goal or maybe something would have happened, like, you know. Yeah, the, I mean, they definitely had that a few, um, few times where they threatened to break away. Um, and, you know, Liverpool maybe, because they play such a high line, you know, the, there always is a risk with that. Um, I just think that... <clears throat> the quality in the final third when you're talking about um the comparisons there like Villarreal just basically any chance that they got in that game at Anfield especially 
they were going to need a tech to to have any hope in the tie. And I mean, if you're talking in like expected goals or whatever, like they would have needed to be nearly a hundred percent. Like, do you know what I mean? So, um, I, I think the, I think um, whoever was on comms talked about um them getting to you know certain um points that they would have laid out like so it was it was nil nil after 10 minutes um Mm -hmm. and they would have set that as a as a point to get to um and i thought that they looked pretty solid i just think they're up against the best team in the world like i think you know you can say that yes they, they beat juventus they beat Bayern, and i think they're both unbelievable results. Uh, the I, I saw the team live um, when they played Chelsea and Belfast in the Super Cup um, at the start of the season, and they are not an easy team to break down by any stretch. Emery has them set up unbelievably. I think um, there was there a few injuries as well, like a few important injuries. So um, I'm not sure um if they'll be back to full strength for the second leg but i know emery has talked about like in his in his post-match saying they'll not get as as much time and space on the ball liverpool when, when we get them home and you know we'll um we'll try our best and and we'll do what we do and i think that's all you can do like there's plenty of teams who on paper let's say um are like better than Villarreal that have that have been absolutely trampled on by Liverpool this season. So I I don't think of anything to to hang their heads about. Like the teams can play however they want to play to get through whatever rounds and in, in whatever competition. Like if you if you are trying to get to a Champions League quarterfinal then a semi-final now you're trying to get to a Champions League final you, you can't abandon all your principles and and like for a couple of years now Emery has been successful with that, those players and those principles so why for some clown on talk sport should they change the way they play to to entertain him do you know what I mean like it, it's so so silly to to call them a disgrace for for setting up the way they did and to be honest, if they had set up any differently, the tie would be well and truly over. I mean, it's got it's a big task to overturn a two 0 um, disadvantage. Again, they're always going to score, and the way Liverpool play, they are not going to sit on a two 0 lead. Do you know what I mean? Whereas a a Chelsea or or you know or Juventus or whatever probably would do that a wee bit more. Uh, with their team selection or the way they set up, I was watching a quick um, um, sort of <clears throat> tactical breakdown with Pat Linders. I don't know if you've seen this um, of their Liverpool's second leg against Barcelona um, when they when they beat them four 0 and mm-hmm. it's so interesting. Like anybody who's into tactics or who watched that game, and obviously it was unbelievable. The detail they went into um, is just, it's absolutely, you would know that they go into detail anyway, but the detail that he talks about, about possessions of players, he said they started planning it five minutes after the first leg ended. Mm. Like that's the, that's the mindset. Like that's when they wanted to, because it was so clear in their minds at that point, what Barcelona had done. And how they could stop it in the second leg. Um, really, really good watch. So there he said, We're always gonna play that way. He said there's there's pressing, which is what people call what Liverpool do, and there's other clubs that do that. <clears throat> but they he, he calls it chasing. Um, you know, they don't just want to press a team and push them back or force a backwards pass. They want to chase and win the ball so that they can create chances. So it's like pressing and, and chasing to attack, if you know what I mean. Very, very interesting. So Villarreal are against it massively, um, but I wouldn't take anything away from Villarreal this season. The amount of teams that have gone out to have been sort of such high caliber, apparently, um, 
you know, you could you could go on with PSG, the Chelsea's, the Juventus, the Bayern Munich. Like they've survived all of these te- teams. Um, so hats off to him and, and hats off to them. Like the budget to have, the the size of the club. Um, I think it's been an unbelievable run. And anyone who criticizes it, I mean, they need looked at. Um, yeah. I mean, their, their last Champions League semi final appearance was against another English club uh, in ourselves. So, uh, mm. I mean, that tie at the time, like overall, it only finished 1 0 on aggregate. Like, we beat them 1 0 Highbury, and then they missed a penalty in the last couple of minutes, uh, Raquel May, which I think somebody was talking about favorite penalty saves recently, and Raquel May was one of them just because of the, the moment, you know, what it meant. But yeah. I mean, in terms of like just keeping on Liverpool for another minute or two, like they've had a good twenty-four hours, and the fact that today it was announced Jurgen Klopp has now signed on <sighs> for another few years to torture us all. And uh, well, in saying that, I, like it contracts till when twenty twenty-four is it now? Or I think twenty twenty-four originally. It's now twenty twenty-six. Is that right? Right. So he's here to twenty twenty-six at least. Um. And imagine, like, he still, he seems to be building another team now behind the one that he has at the moment that's successful, bringing in Lex Lewis Diaz and things like that. Um, uh, you know, you just, I think, I can't remember who, it was a pundit said it recently, I think it might have been Rio Ferdinand, actually, that no, well, I think he, Rio Ferdinand actually mentioned Man United will not win the league again until Guardiola or Klopp leave the league. I kind of feel like that maybe... <laughs> goes for everybody <laughs> and, you know it's it's going to be between liverpool man city i think and depending on what well again chelsea's kind of we don't really know what's going to happen with chelsea over the next couple of months um yeah. you would have always said they would be next in line even up to a couple of months ago <clears throat> but i mean that that's that's huge news for liverpool it, it i don't know it seems to kind of come out of the blue so it was kind of no was there any rumors of that happening i can't really remember phil mentioning Club no. staying on, like, but ah, uh, like, poison, like, go away, Jurgen, like, please let the league, yeah. you know, heal and somebody else win it, like, you know. Um, I know he's only won it once, like, but I, I genuinely think they could do the quadruple this year. You know, I don't like there's so a team I. that talked about it, like Man City a couple of years ago that was chatted about, but they're in the FA Cup final against yourselves. That'll be a tough game, but again, like on the day. You know, Chelsea can win that, no bother, if they want to. Um, it looks like they're in the Champions League final and they're one point behind Man City with Man City not having as good a goal difference as them. So, I mean, like, if Liverpool even draw back a point, they're on top, uh, which Man City have won as well on goal difference against United, if you remember in 2012. Like, so mm-hmm. they, they could definitely do it. And I've looked at the fixtures. And you, you kind of feel like City and Liverpool's side by side, they'll win all the remaining fixtures. But I mean, like, if City get to the Champions League final, Liverpool look like they'll be there. But Liverpool have won it before, so I don't feel there's the same pressure on them or there's the same pressure on Klopp because he's done it. Like Guardiola hasn't obviously done it with Man City, so I yeah. feel like there's there's pressure on him to deliver the Champions League to Man City. But if it's if it's between if it's a throw between the two of them, like I'd rather Liverpool win it than Man City, like because I can't have them, like I just hate everything they stand for, like so. Um, I think that's what will. If Liverpool played Real Madrid in the Champions League final, I probably wouldn't have. Well, I would have an interest, but not as much of an interest probably if Liverpool are playing Man City because I actually will want Liverpool to win, whilst yeah. if they're playing Real Madrid. Like I kind of want Real Madrid to win, but again, it doesn't bother me either way whether or not they win or not. So, yeah. I think that that's probably the final that will be most interest to everybody. And probably are like I know like I, I criticize Man City, like, but they're probably the two best teams in Europe at the moment. Like, so uh, you kind of can't argue against you know the two of them being in the final. Like, but I mean, great week for Liverpool. It looks like it'll be a great season for them as well when it all finishes. Yeah, there, <clears throat> there seems to be a relentless nature about them at the minute. There just seems to be, uh, you know, they're a machine and, and they're they're not going to stop what they're doing. And, and the impressive thing that I find about it is is that they're 
when they're asked questions about the quadruple, they're acknowledging it. You know, they're they're saying like, yeah, it's it's it's. I think Manny recently in an interview said, yeah, it's something we want to do. Like instead of <clears throat> you know when Man City players have been asked about the travel maybe last year or the year before, um, you know, the shy away from it because they don't want that added pressure. But I think it adds pressure on if you like kind of keep it quiet and everyone else is talking about it, but you're not even acknowledging it. So the fact that they are show, number one sh- shows that they think they can do it. They're confident. Um, and that they, that they don't want to shy away from it either. Um, and they're so close now, like they're in total, it's probably like 11 or 12 games they have to win to, to win the quadruple, which is really, really scary. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, and, adding on to that it's very clever what they've done in terms of keeping the momentum keeping the good feeling going announcing Klopp in between such big important games just mm. gives that feel good vibe a, ho- a whole other boost and maybe when the players and and you know staff or whatever are starting to feel tired starting to feel a bit fatigued from the amount of games that they're playing that'll give them a wee mental boost as well um and Klopp as well like you know there's security there that that he's going to be there and I think it had been set up originally for Pat Linders like the, to take over um the assistant and that'll if he stays in that role I don't know if if he will stay that long because he's such a good coach and he might want to take like a number one job somewhere He's there that length of time learning <clears throat> under Klopp mm-hmm. for another, what is it, another four years from now? Yeah. Yeah. If Klopp then goes, like he he's just he's a ready made replacement. I think that was the problem, maybe, with we've talked about a lot on this podcast, Wenger and, and Fergie. There was mm-hmm. there was no ready made ready made replacement sitting there in situ like every day learning from what they were doing i know that that um fergie you know wanted Moyes and as his replacement and eventually he did come in it didn't work out but he was coming in out of the cold he was coming in from a completely different club so it's really clever if that's what liverpool are doing and if they can convince pep lenders to to stay on then it'll be frightening for for the other clubs once Klopp eventually does leave and you know he he might be at an age then when he wants to maybe take on the German national team or or something like that um because I don't know I I think with like the likes of Wenger and Ferguson like there never really was and there never has or ever will be again I think managers that stay in jobs as long as they both did like you look at Mourinho Mourinho was kind of like maybe I'm not saying like he was modern day style of coach like because he came into a club stay for a few years then left. I mean Jurgen Klopp once his time finishes at Liverpool like he'll be there for I don't, I don't even know him it will be ten years near ten years or something by the time his his contract finishes like so he yeah. will be there probably longer than any modern day coach because they just and even Pep like I'm surprised Guardiola stayed at City as long as he has seems like he's going to stay a wee while longer too so I suppose maybe they're enjoying their rivalry um. And you're right, like when you say about Liverpool players, you know, talking about the quadruple, like, you know, kind of shows they don't they don't even look like they're tired at the minute. They don't even look like they're gonna get tired. The fact that yeah. they have you look at their bench like it's just ridiculous, like who they can bring on. Like Lewis Lewis Diaz on the bench sometimes, the Diogo Jada on the bench, you know, even half decent player. Yeah. Origi came on on Sunday and done the business for them in the Derby, like he loves the goal against Everton. I mean it's it's absolutely it's absolutely wild. Like, but um, yeah, like I suppose Liverpool are probably doing something that maybe a lot of clubs haven't done, and basically training up their manager's replacement in Pep Linder. So it's it's rare. It's it's not something that probably has been done a lot before. But like you say, it's clever. He knows the ins and outs of the club. He knows how it works, so he'll slot in there quite easily. Um, but moving on from Liverpool, as we've probably spent about near a half hour on them there. Um, and most of the Chelsea, year, yeah. Chelsea have. Uh, <laughs> would Would you say this really? Would you say it's a big game tonight? I mean, like, if Chelsea lose tonight, it kind of puts 
bring United back into the top four fold. Like if does you it? Know, Arsenal and Spurs. Well, like they go three. I think they're I think they're six points behind ourselves at the moment. Yeah. So if they win the night, they're three points behind. Chelsea, I think, are five or six points clear of Arsenal at the moment. Um, and I think tonight will mean you still have played a game more than us. No, we'll go level on games with you. You go level on games, that's right, okay. Um, But I mean, like, it looks like Chelsea's players have been on the beach the last couple of games. Like, it's... But they they kind of have been the fact that the three below them have been so kind of inconsistent with the results. Like, it's not like they've had to have any sort of consistency. Like, I mean, if Arsenal or Spurs or anybody kind of got their shit together over the last couple of weeks, like, they'd be level on points, maybe even a few points ahead of Chelsea, but... Yeah, I mean, like, and me and Phil kind of, I'm sorry, Steve as well, kind of briefly talked about it last week. Like Chelsea still have a lot to play for in terms of finishing third, you know, winning the FA Cup. Like, I know, like, you'd rather win Premier League or the Champions League, whatever. Like, but you know, it's still a trophy there up for grabs. Like, so, I mean, and the kind of, I watched probably the last bit of the second half against West Ham there at the weekend, and you know, the the penalty miss. I kind of thought, oh, this isn't going to be Chelsea's day. You know, Jorginho is usually very, very reliable from the penalty spot on to miss that. Then West Ham being the brick wall that they were that day, like, you know, I thought this could open the door for somebody to go and challenge for third spot here with Chelsea. But I think that result on Sunday has kind of secured it for you now. But I don't know. Do you, do you think Do you think external things and the fact that the ownership and all that there has affected the club? Like, like Tuchel's, I, I haven't got talking to you about Tuchel's comments after the Arsenal game about how he's going to pick them up again. He says he didn't know he'd have to sleep mm. on it. Like I thought that was really interesting. Like I was wondering kind of what you thought of what's been going on at Chelsea over the last couple of games. Like, because it's not like them at all, really. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, there, there's there's a lot on there. Um, there's there's a number of reasons why I think their form has probably dipped. Um, the one big one is is going out of the Champions League. I think that took a lot of air out of them. Like, um, it just burst the bubble for the season. Um, they knew in the league that they weren't going to challenge for the title. They probably will finish in the top four quite quite handily. I think they, um, you know, they only need half. They only need to win half the games they have left or something. I'm not sure what it is. But as you say, that's down to the teams that were below them. That's another thing that probably hasn't helped the the poor form of well, the previous poor form of Arsenal, um, Spurs and United. Um, Arsenal have picked up some massive results there in the last couple of weeks. But um the fact that there was nobody right up their ass basically, um, probably took a bit of fire out of their performance um and then the <clears throat> the other one is is the rudiger news um which we haven't really touched on well i haven't touched on on the pod um sort of knew it was coming um to some extent but um it was still still hurt nonetheless um i think to lose two center backs probably is and the likes of Christian as well. He's 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 a good centre back. Like let's not, you know. Oh yeah, he's, he's decent. Like you know, to lose him and to lose Rudiger, like especially Rudiger. Like I mean, that's that's a huge loss for Chelsea. Like who have they who have they got left now in that spot? Is Thiago Silva and Sar? Chalaba. Chalaba. Um, yeah, been, I think and had a few dodgy moments this season, but you know he's a young lad and is learning his way. So. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of all over the place. Um, especially to lose them both on a free is so much worse. When you like Chelsea sold um, Mark Gahey, um to Crystal Palace last season, and he has he's now uh, they also sold Tamori to SA Milan, who's balling out over there. Um, yeah. Two great young centre halves. Um, and you know, basically didn't want to go on loan, didn't want to sort of sit on Chelsea's bench. Um, that was a problem with Chelsea. The, the too many of those types of players, so they had to pick who they who they were selling, basically. Um, those two happened to be two center halves. 
who have gone on to to have great seasons. Um, Gehi, I think maybe captain Crystal Palace the other day, um, shows the sort of progress he's making. Um, mm-hmm. But the, they'll have to, um, they'll probably now have to, I mean, and those, the, the, the money from those sales went towards um, the Lukaku transfer, um, which, mm-hmm. you know, makes it even worse when you look at the season he's had. <clears throat> but th- that's where the priority, I mean, they probably would want to, you know, if Rudiger's dead, if Christensen's dead, they would have wanted to strengthen midfield. I think Jorginho or Kante look like they may go um, after the season. They both have a year left. So if they want to get any sort of value out of them, um, they will want to sell this summer. <clears throat> One of them. But Who would right you prefer like not to sell? It's tough. It really is tough. I, I know that you were speaking the other day in the group about Kante and um, how how he can run all day and how good he has been for Chelsea. Like last season, towards the end of last season, he was just out of this world. This season, he took such a dip. It's probably down to injuries, probably down to his age a wee bit. The type of player he is, um, as you say, like he runs all day. He, you know, he's he picked up some hamstring niggles, etc. You don't know if that's you know gonna get worse. He's he'll hopefully be able to rest a bit over the summer, um, with the World Cup coming in the winter, um, but yeah, based on pure talent, you would obviously want Kante. Um, I think Jorginho has maybe a wee bit of wee bit more longevity in him, um, <clears throat> and if you find the right players for for round Jorginho. I think Kovacic is one of them. Um, not quite convinced on Loftus-Cheek, but that's where Chelsea would have wanted to strengthen because they have those four players, but once one of them, or you know, we saw probably for a good period this season, two of them were injured and it was rough in there. Um, they won't be able to probably make that a priority. It'll probably have to be a centre half. Jules Koundé looks like he's top of the list. Um, but he was last season as well, and, and that didn't happen. That's why Chalabay ended up having to stay. I think he was ready to go out on loan, and then <clears throat> Chelsea couldn't get Koundé, so that's why Chalabay stayed. Um, but yeah, all of those factors um, probably contributing to why they're in this little dip of form. I think you're right, like that West Ham result was massive. Um, it just gave a wee bit of a cushion. Um, Especially playing United uh, this evening. If they win that game, I'd say it's it's pretty much done. Um, the well it takes United out of it completely, and with Arsenal yeah. and Spurs having to having to play each other, um, I, I think that's probably an advantage, a big advantage to Chelsea. So um, I'm trying to see. actually see here if the teams will obviously be out at this stage. So I'm kind of interested to see who Chelsea are starting. So. Mendy is an obvious. Aspilicueta, by the way, he's he's another one. That's is he potentially going to leave this summer? Aspilicueta. Um, yeah, well, he, he got that. He got that extension, uh, Aspilicueta. So hopefully, he would stay at least another year. Mm-hmm. It looks like Chelsea are going with a five at the back sort of thing. Uh, Mount Spen, Havertz, and Werner, Kaku on the bench. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, kind of maybe what you would have. Expect I kind of forgot this game was at Old Trafford. Manchester yes. United's team. So let's have a wee quick look here. Man United have okay. Lindelof's back in Ronaldo Rashford, Ferdinand Fernandez, Varane. So Maguire still out. Not even he's not even on the team. Not even on the bench. Oh, right. It's interesting. I must have this. Usually they put underneath these things like some such as out for certain reason. Yeah. Well, there's Maguire's not even in the squad, is he? Have I, am I missing him? No, he definitely isn't there. Right, so Maguire's That's not playing. Um, someone, I think it was Clive of the Arsenal Vision podcast, actually mentioned about how um, with Maguire not playing on Saturday, like, I was a bit worried that Maguire wasn't playing on Saturday against Arsenal. But when you watch the game back, they were worse, I think. <laughs> like, it's kind of it's crazy to think. So hard to believe. Uh, 
they were shocking. Like, um, I mean, normally any other year going to Old Trafford, you're probably like, right, we're going to be in for a bit of a game here. Even the last couple of years, like you know, United could probably pull something out of the bag. But this year, and I know a lot of the, you know, a lot of the blame, I suppose, has gone Ronaldo, Ronaldo this, Ronaldo that, whatever. He's still scoring the goals. And to be honest, Ronaldo probably was the best player on the pitch against Arsenal on, on Saturday. So um, I don't think he's entirely the whole problem. Maybe, maybe part of it, but not the entire problem. Um, so I think tonight, you know, I think Chelsea can win the game, even though they're not in great form. Like, I, I still expect Chelsea to win. God knows by the time this podcast comes out, United maybe like two or three nil up. <laughs> probably by the time people listen to this, King Rizzo. Um he doesn't have the Raiders to kind of go off at the moment. You know, if the Raiders win, you know, yeah. losing and so on and so forth. So he, he can't predict it. Um, which it's is a probably rough time a good thing for him. It is a rough time. He's getting the tight. Although he got a new football recently, which he looked like he was enjoying at the back. Um, but yeah, like it's. I'm sure you're you're confident that Chelsea are going to do the business tonight and. People are going to have a laugh at this tomorrow morning when they listen to it and actually know the real result. <laughs> yeah. Um. yeah, I mean, if if we're going off recent United performances, you have you have to be. I even Chelsea have been quite poor, um, but I mean, I've I've watched United for the last couple of games. Um, boy, I don't know if I've I've ever seen them worse. Like if the I can't remember what they have to do or how many points they have to get, but this could well be the least amount of points they've ever gotten in a Premier League season. Um, the the Everton game was, was poor. Norwich, they just scraped over the line. Norwich had chances. Mm. Um, Liverpool, they were hammered, obviously. We've, we've all seen that. And then Arsenal. And um, Arsenal were the much better side. And like they probably were against Chelsea, uh, that was a bit more of a back and forth game, especially the first half. Um, but it was awful for my my heart, like to be the honest. The Chelsea game, <laughs> both United and Chelsea. Like, um, the the problem with the the United game and it's happened so many times, even this season. Like we went to play in Middle Trafford, like United weren't great form, and we were going into this game, you know, like this week we were off the back of that great result of Chelsea. Prior to that, we had a couple of great results. We're on a good run. And we go and play uh, what I would say is a shit United team, and they end up beating us. And that's kind of what's happened mm-hmm. to Arsenal in the last couple of seasons. Like going into these games, like against the likes of United, who've been out of form, or even some days when Chelsea have been out of form and expecting us uh, to win the game, we don't. Like the season Leicester won the league, Arsenal were on a great run and looked like they were going to, you know probably go for the league and Chelsea came to the Emirates and beat us 2-0 and Chelsea were terrible last season I think that was the season yeah. Mourinho left and who was it came in I can't even remember who came in last stage but yeah they, they ended up doing us and Diego Costa scored like but I think that kind of showed a bit that this team is a bit different and they have a bit more to them than, than previous Arsenal squads but you know beating Man United is always great they've always enjoyed it especially since like we were younger like you know you always found when you were younger, like if you beat United, you finished above United, you were going to win the league. So after all those years of them, you know, bragging and giving it this and that, it's great to kind of see them do. And to say, like, they're not, a lot of teams would love to be sixth in the position that Man United are in, like, but for the club their size, like, they should be, they doing a lot better. So, and I, I don't think Ten Hag's the, the answer here either. Like, you know, I, it could take years to turn that club around. It's it's been a bit it's a bit like ourselves, but you don't really want to say the two situations are the same because Man United obviously have a war chest that they could use to buy players if they want to. They just they just never have used it right. They've just spent on stupid players. But and to be fair, to be fair to them, they they were kind of robbed, robbed a wee bit on Saturday. Like they should have had a penalty, I think, with the the Cedric on ball and. Um, we got mm. away quite lucky with the I think it was Ronaldo overhead kick that he scored and the Fernandez penalty miss like Ramsdale giving it plenty was great loved it um, and then Xhaka obviously scoring that absolute thunder bastard like was great strike great goal like um, what do you think of the the Saka penalty the Saka the, penalty the the, the 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 sorry um the foul for uh, Arsenal's penalty. 
in the United match or Chelsea match? The United match. <laughs> yeah, well, that, like it was a penalty. Like he just went through the back of him. Um, I kind of thought, well, in Caddy was offside. Like there's no doubt he was like so. Um, yeah, like uh, even McTominay before the penalty, there was a week clip doing the rounds this week of him knocking the ball out of his hands all before the penalty and trying to put him off. And I know he's got a lot of credit from you know a lot of different people this week. The fact he stepped up and took that Chelsea penalty, he stepped up and took the edit one after what happened to him at the Euros. But you know, as a young player, I kind of feel like stuff like that just kind of goes over your head. You're that young, you know, you have so many years ahead of you that you'll get more opportunities. So I kind of feel like that's maybe just Saka's main frame. You know, he's not he's not thought about what's happened at the Euros. It's it's in the past. He's left it there and he's had a great season for Arsenal, like you know. It's probably people telling him, like, it's it's probably people telling him, um, you know, older people than him so much about, like, oh, you know, you're brave for hitting that penalty in the, after that one in the Euros, you know, constantly being told that, constantly it being in the, um, you know, it was in the commentary, it was in the post-match, et cetera, et cetera. But... Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have probably if nobody else thought about it. He probably wouldn't have thought about it. You know what I mean? So um, mm-hmm. he did the right thing, I think. Anyway, just to get back, like, because the the longer you delay that, and the longer people probably talk in his ear about, like, you know, it was awful what happened. You blah blah blah. Obviously, it was, but as you say, he had the right mentality just to go up and hit it. It's just a penalty. It's just you know, Fernandez missed one. Jorginho missed one. Um, mm-hmm. So. To, to score two in quick succession, that's it over now for him. Do you know what I mean? Like that's yeah, um, that's him back. I think that we shade Fernandez should have been signed off. By the way, um, <laughs> did you see his tackle on Nuno Tavares? Like it was so late. The ball, was, the ball was gone. Like for like a yeah. few seconds. Like you know, it's just, and he's got away with a few of them. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if there's one of them tonight in the Chelsea game, especially if Chelsea start to you know go a couple of goals up and control the game and he's getting frustrated because it is when he is getting frustrated that he does those things like obviously he got like united united played well on saturday like i'm not gonna just say they didn't because they did like they probably controlled the game and had chances and didn't basically take any of them or you know they didn't get the luck maybe that they would have gotten in the past but i think it's when jacka knocked off third in that like you said before takes the wind completely out of that team and frustration kicked in like but like even I thought Sancho actually played very well on, on Saturday and he gave Cedric plenty of, plenty to think about young that young lad Alanga is it sorry I think that's how you pronounce his name yeah. like that's the first time I've kind of seen you know him playing in a game like and he was impressive too like he's very fast so United have you know a few decent young players there as well there, there's things for Ten Hag to work with for that United team like you know they have some decent players Van der Beek's coming back as well Who's worked under Ten Hag before, like so, mm-hmm. you know whether he can turn Harry Maguire's form around or not, that might be a step too far. But I mean, like you know, yeah. the, the Varane in there as well, and I've always thought Varane's a good centre back, but he's a good centre back when he has someone beside him who who's like a Sergio Ramos, you know, Definitely. not a Harry Maguire, like so. I think he struggled this year, but that's you know he's had injuries as well, like you know, let's be fair with it, like he has had injuries, like, but I didn't think he was. You know, overly fantastic on Saturday either, but you know, I, I'm kind of, I would take a draw tonight, quite honestly, between you two. <laughs> but the the chance to see Man United lose another game is kind of hard to turn down as well. Like, so, I suppose uh, do, do you, third. I was gonna say, like, are you, you know, comparing it to before the Chelsea game, and now? What is your sort of thoughts or your confidence level um, on finishing top four? I don't know really because we've seen since we've seen over the last two weeks it can it can change like within a game or two. Like when when Arsenal lost those three games in a row to Palace, Brighton, and Southampton, I thought it was gone. Honestly, I did. I thought I can't see. I just looked at Spurs' games and thought. They're not going to drop that many points, you know. And Arsenal aren't going to pick up. Like you looked at the Chelsea United game, 
yeah. and being within three days of each other and thinking, oh. like, I mean, if we could beat United and maybe try and get something from Chelsea, like a draw or something, but to get six points from those two games is is huge. And um, I think winning those two games over winning the three games before, like, you know, if we could swap them about, you probably wouldn't because the confidence that that gives that team now that when I beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, they go and beat Man United. You know, two big teams, two big rivals within the space of a couple of days will just give yeah. that team a new lease of life, new confidence. But I think it will. It'll go down to that Derby game, that North London Derby. That it definitely will. Um, Spurs play. Spurs play Liverpool this weekend. I think. I think that's right. We are away to West Ham, but I'm kind of I'm kind of hoping that. No, it's oh, sorry. It's next week they play Liverpool. It's next week. Okay, it's Leicester it's first. Yeah, well, Leicester. Jimmy Vardy's back for Leicester. Um, mm-hmm. I watched their the highlights of their game and match of the day because I was kind of curious, kind of thinking, watching is Jimmy Vardy back yet? And he actually came on in that game. That was his first game back, so you know he'll be fresh and hopefully he can get a couple of goals because he likes to score against Spurs as well. Like so, um, if they can take some points off Spurs, that would be great. If Liverpool can beat them and Arsenal can manage to beat Newcastle, I think Newcastle is the game up. No, sorry, we've West Ham on Sunday, then we've Leeds, and then we've Newcastle away, which is a Monday night game. Mm. Which, God, Arsenal don't like Monday night games, especially away from home. So, um, I I think I think um, Arsenal are capable of winning all their games, but I think the Newcastle game will probably be the one we'll drop points in, and yeah, they're, say they're we're three form. or yeah, three or four points ahead of Spurs going into that derby. If Arsenal could even come out of that with a draw, I think that'll be it. I think they'll they'll be able yeah. to do it then. Like, but you know, with the game being, you know, rescheduled because of COVID and all earlier in the season, like they'll be up for it, you know, being at their place. Um but like I, I'm I'm confident that, you know, this Arsenal team can do it. You know, they can they can beat Spurs at Spurs, you know, they can beat West Ham, they can beat Leeds. I think Newcastle the way they are at the minute, they're just really on a good run of form. But it's really hard to know. Like, I really have no clue. Like, in a month's time, when we're doing a podcast and we reflect on the entire season, like, there's games we'll probably look back on and think, if we only got points out of that or got a point there or picked up a point here. Like, like I said, the Everton game was massively disappointing, losing to Goose and Park. Like, you know, we really should have beat them. They're, yeah, they're not a great side this year. Um, so I don't know. Like, I, I hope we can do it. And watching that Prime documentary. Excuse me, might be bearable then. Uh, so we'll just wait and see. Like, yeah, well, right. I forgot about that. I don't know how you forgot because I genuinely have not stopped thinking about it. To be quite honest, like you know, every time we lose a game, I'm like, oh fuck, we didn't see the fucking prime documentary about this game. You know, um, like it'll be good for the last two weeks. Yeah, like like the the North London Derby's going to be like the fucking main event for them. Like it's going to be great. They're going to be licking their lips at it. Like, you know, especially the fact that they've had Spurs on it before as well. Like it's just mm. like they're dreaming of it. Like all like Sky Sports, I think Sky Sports actually have the game. Like they're loving this, you know, talk sport. They're all loving it. Like the build up to this North London Derby. And to be quite honest, there hasn't been as much at stake in North London Derby in a long time. Like I think maybe, 2006 was the last time that like Arsenal and Spurs were both going for Champions League late on in the season. It's actually the season, it was the last season of Highbury and Arsenal ended up pipping them to fourth spot in the final day. That was the lasagna gate sort of shape. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> but they came to Highbury in April 2006 and they went 1-0 up. Robbie Keane scored and then Arsenal scored with three on three. It finished one each. Like, so like since then, like there's by this stage of the season, you know, either Arsenal or well clear Spurs or Spurs over the last few years have been kind of further ahead of Arsenal. Like, so it'd be great. Like, it'd be great to finish in the top four again. Like, it'd be great to finish both Spurs. Like, it'd just be a real boost for the club as a whole. Like, and they've obviously been linked with Gabriel Jesus over the last week or two. And, you know, there's been multiple sources reporting that the likes of David Ornstein and things like that. Like, so he's, um, He's selling himself, I think, to Arsenal fans. You know, this these last Definitely. couple of games, you know, he's scoring four there on Saturday and scoring last night. Oh, sorry. Yeah, last night. No, the night before. Um, Seems like he's putting himself in the shop window, doesn't he? Yeah, well, it's 
we, we need someone who's going to score us goals. Like Lacazette just hasn't been doing it at all. Like Eddie and Ketty has made a bit of a difference. You know, I think his yeah. pace, you know, running defences has, has really helped over the last two games. But fingers crossed we can do it and we can all just laugh at the end of the season at United and have a great time. Um, Arsenal, Arsenal we, back in the Champions League would, would be great, I think. I think we've um, talked about it on another pod, even without you. Like <clears throat> me and Phil were saying, it would be nice to see Arsenal back in it <clears throat> after I'm going out in the round of sixteen. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't. I think the last season we were in the Champions League was was it twenty sixteen? Maybe I think that's the last time we were in it. Um, it's, been, it's been a long that's time. Um, but yeah, it would be nice. So it would be nice to be back in it again and playing Tuesday, Wednesday night European football, like instead of the dreaded thursday but yes. um i don't want to say it like i know i have and i have a like, i've said it in other pause like and i'll say it again like you know if we let united or spurs finish above us like it would it would be really disappointing because like, i just i don't think they're i just don't think they're as good as as us and that's just me probably having a, like as phil said in the past about liverpool like having your red tinted glasses on like you know I just think we have a better a better squad, a better team. I think what we lack is strength and depth, and I think that's been apparent, and especially those three games before. But Arteta's jigged things about and made the team work in a different way, like taking Lacazette out of the team completely instead of having the ball go through to him to hold him up. He's brought Eddie and Kelly into the team, who's ran the line and been an option up front. You know, uh, yeah. bringing El Nene into the team to free up Jaka. No Tavares one saw that. <laughs> Yeah, like who did and who thought it would have worked? Like, like did I not say to you in the group chat prior to that game last week? El Nene, what the hell? But it worked, yeah. and it's worked against United. Um, and Tommy Asu coming back, like I think that's probably going to be big boost, massive, big boost because Arsenal can then go into that back three and let Tavares push on, so Tommy Asu can play a centre back or right back. Like so, to have him back's huge at this stage of the season, like especially going into that North London derby. They need to really keep things tight at the back against Son and Harry Kane like and the I can't even I don't even know how to say that by his name plays out right for them now the came from Juventus but he's um a half decent really player for them as well like yeah but um yeah we'll we'll judge it all at the end of the season we can we can judge every single team and do a full review and you know if Liverpool yeah. win the quadruple it'll be unbearable to listen to Phil like, or Paddy uh, Paddy will probably come back as well for that like I know he will He'll he'll come out of come out of the hiding by take his invisibility cloak off. Friggin' Nevada Cadabras by that's us from that's us dust. But I think, um, uh, we've always I been think... we've all, always been outnumbered on this pod, to be fair. Like um well with a few minutes left, the only um thing that I've seen on Twitter this um this week has been some journalists coming out and giving their player of the year nominations, um, mm. who they have selected. I wanted to get your uh, your pick. Is this world player of the year, like the Ballon d'Or? Or no, no, this is this is Premier League, Premier League, oh, and, Premier and League. Uh, WSL as well. They've been doing so. Premier League. Um, suppose, I suppose it'll be one of a city or or a Liverpool player. Like we said about Bernardo Silva and Kevin De Bruyne earlier. Mo Salah, Sadio Mane has been exceptional. Like Virgil Van Dijk's been been solid it's kind of hard to look past them in terms of the WSL like I don't really watch a lot of Chelsea like for Arsenal in particular like you know Beth Mead's been fantastic for them Katie McCabe's been fantastic you know Tobin Heath actually got released today from Arsenal uh, women's really? team really I didn't hear that she's um she's picked up an injury that's ruled right for the season so she's only on a one year contract so they've Mutually agreed right, to terminate okay. her contract so she can go back to America. So I'll say them two have been outstanding. You know, Viv Miedema is a fantastic player for Arsenal, like unbelievable. Like she's yeah. just broke records left, right, and centre. So they'd probably be just because I would watch the Arsenal women's team, they'd be yeah. who the three I would probably say from from our end. Like and Chelsea, obviously, you know, their women's team is fantastic as well. Like, yeah, Sam Kerr, I think, is getting a lot of shouts, just so many goals. Like, um, Fran Kirby has probably had a better start to the season than than an end of the season. Gary Wrighton um, has also been fantastic. Both, I think, Chelsea and Arsenal, uh, as you say, in the men's game, it, it is definitely 
going to come from Liverpool or Man City. I think uh, in the women's game, it's, it's going to come from Chelsea or Arsenal. Um, but yeah, I, I would echo everything you say there about Liverpool and, and Man City. Probably would veer you you probably wait and see who wins it to be fair but um i'd veer slightly towards liverpool if it's liverpool salah if it's man city de bruyne i think they've proved that they're they're the main men this season um but we'll wait and see um we'll leave yep. it there Big thank you kicking for, off here in five minutes yes thank you we've timed it perfectly jenny um so <laughs> Hopefully we don't look like dickheads uh, when United beat Chelsea four um, 0 and people are listening to this on Friday morning. Um, Leave Ronaldo. All right, enough of that. <laughs> enough. Um, any other game apart from when he's playing against? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, um, probably be back. I would say Sunday or Monday. Um, with uh, there's a lot of games happening midweek uh, these days with teams catching up uh, and. Um, so we, I'm sure there'll be Steve will be back for that. Um, will be there also. Um, and we'll chat to you then. Good luck.